But no, really, I really do consider it an opportunity and a privilege to be able to come and bring the lesson here for a little while to study through the book of First John, and um, I am very grateful to the Lord to be able to do that. But um, as I said, we've started last week a, bu- a study through the book of First John, and if you would, uh, just to get started out today, I'm going to do a little bit of review here for a moment, but if you would turn over to First John chapter 1, and... Uh, we will look at some more verses there today, but as you remember when we studied last week, when we studied last week, my help, if I have some classes, here we go. So we studied last week, uh, we talked about, gave a little bit of introduction to the book of 1 John, how that it was a letter that was addressed to all the churches, to all Christians, and we talked about the several different themes that are woven into the book of 1 John, that first theme being the fact that Jesus is the life. Second thing being Jesus is the light, and the third thing that Jesus is the love, and we see all three of those themes as we look through the book of First John. We also talked about the fact that how that uh, the Apostle John, when he wrote the Gospel of John, he carried a lot of those concepts over into the book of First John. And then we saw the four reasons uh, that uh, John gives us that he wrote the epistle. These things ever written. He talked about to give uh, full joy, chapter 1, verse 4, to keep us from sin, chapter 2, verse 1, to warn us against false teachers and seducers, which is chapter 2, verse 26 and 27. And lastly, the most popular one we hear, to assure us of eternal life, uh, in which we find in chapter 5, verse 13. And last week we covered, we talked about the authentication, which basically is this. It was proving, John said, look, I'm going to tell you some things in this book, and these things I'm going to tell you come first-hand knowledge that I had from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of Life. I saw Him, I heard Him, I, I studied Him, I touched Him, I know Him personally, and from this knowledge I want to share it with you. And he said, I also want to let you know that the same fellowship that we apostles have with the Father and with the Lord Jesus Christ, you can have just as real and just as vital of a relationship with the Lord as what we have, even though you've never seen Him. And then the fourth verse, in that first section underneath authentication, we talked about the fact that because we know we can have this fellowship, the same fellowship that the apostles had with the Father and with the Son, uh, we know that we can have joy in our lives. It should be the basis for joy for us knowing that we can have that same type of relationship with, with the Lord. And uh, so today we're going we're gonna, to uh, step into the second section. And uh, that second section, and possibly the third section, depending on how our time goes this morning. But in verses 5 through 7, we see the announcement... What, in other words, the message of what, it, uh, of what John was wanting to, to portray to us through this book. So let's look there, First John chapter 1, and we're going to read real quickly three verses there, verses 5 through 7. First John chapter 1, verse 5 through 7, and it begins there, verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Verse 7, But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us, cleanseth us from all sin. So in these verses here, we see the announcement, the message that John wanted to declare to all the people in the churches that he wrote this letter to, even down to us today. We see the message that he wants to relate 
to us. And again, it's first-hand knowledge. He actually saw and knew and handled the Lord Jesus. He knew him. He knew these things personally. And if you notice there in verse 5, it says, This is the message which we have heard of, heard of him and declare unto you. He said, I'm not holding anything back from you. What I know about the Lord Jesus in this book, in this letter, I'm going to share that with you. And that declaration we see in the next phrase where it says, God is light. He says, the first thing I want you to know is that God is light. Now, if you look all throughout the scripture, you can see that the word light is identified with life. In fact, we looked at the verse last week as a cross-reference in John chapter 1. Verse 4 says, in him was life, speaking of Jesus, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. So this idea of God is light gives us the idea that God is life. It is where our life comes from. And I think God's given us a parable of this. If we even look in science today, and contrary to what some people say, I believe the Bible doesn't contradict science, although sometimes science, so-called science will contradict the Bible. But we look in science and we say, what is the light? When, in fact, in creation, the first week when God created the world, the one of the first things that he created was the light. God said, let there be light. And we think about it today, the light of our world today, as far physically speaking, is the sun. And if it wasn't for the light from the sun to bring in the photosynthesis into the trees to give us air to breathe and cause the grass to grow and to warm this planet to the temperature that it exactly needs to be in order for life to exist on it, God planned all that together. In fact, science tells us if the, if, if, if the earth was just a little bit closer to the sun, everything would burn up and we would not be here. If a little further away, we'd be like some of the planets of some of the larger, some of the moons of larger planets are just solid ice. But God, in His wisdom, gave us a light to this world in a physical sense, which is the sun, that brings us life to be able to exist now. But the life that he's talking about here isn't just that physical life, although it's a good representation of it. The life that he wants to give us is spiritual life. You must be born again. It's the new life that we can have in Jesus Christ. So listen, it's spiritual life. God is light. He is the source of light. And because God is light, he is the source of our life. Not only physically, but spiritually. The Bible talks about how we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And God shined the light into our lives. And because of that, we are now alive and we're now in him. So we see that light, God is light. Light in scripture is identified with life. The second thing that light in scripture is identified with is righteousness. Righteousness. That means doing right, the right standing with God. Don't, don't turn there, I'll read it for you. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 6. And he said there, speaking about the psalmist, and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Now in this situation, he's talking about a man who loved God. And he said, I'm going to bring forth your righteousness, which comes from God. He's the, one, he's the source of it. Thy righteousness is going to come forth as light. So we see in the Bible that uh, it's uh, it, it, God, he's not a, that light that he gives us not only gives us life spiritually but that life that he gives us is also gives us righteousness which we have through Jesus Christ so God is light the first thing we see John bringing to our attention here is that God is light but here's the second thing and this is both inspiring and it's also 
can worry us a little bit because of our state as human beings. But it says there, in him, the last part of verse 5, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. There is no darkness in God. And just as we see that God is light, light is associated with the life that God gives us and with the righteousness that we can have through him, darkness, on the other hand, is the complete opposite. In fact, let me read you John chapter 3, verse 19. We're going to turn over here in just a moment, but not quite yet. John chapter 3 and verse 19 says, And this is the condemnation, this is Jesus speaking, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. So darkness in Scripture is associated with sin and with evil. And the Bible says in God there is no darkness whatsoever. The book of Hebrews says there's not even a shadow in God. There's not a shadow of turning. There's no darkness in God at all. But because of that sin that, that, that comes to us, because of the darkness that we have in our, in our lives, because apart from God, we don't want God. We don't want to hear from Him. We won't want to love Him. We want to love our darkness apart from Christ. Now, just, just like that, it, the Bible tells us, Romans 6.23, and many of you may know this verse, for the wages of sin is, does anyone know? Death. So we see that darkness is associated with sin and evil and that darkness that we have apart from the Lord Jesus Christ in our, in, in our hearts apart from Him, that darkness also is going to lead us to death. So we have light that brings us life and righteousness. Then we see death which brings sin and evil and death. So God says God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. But listen, that kind of leads us to a little bit of a dilemma. And we're going to talk about that in, in the next verse here. Look at verse number 6. It says, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. And like I said a moment ago, our natural state as human beings is not to turn to the light, to turn to God. It's to turn to darkness and to our own way and to sin. And because of that... We have to find a way to where we can have this fellowship that we talked about last week. We have to find a way that we can have this fellowship with God. Now, in this word fellowship, we see it again. And I think, you know, you hear a lot of times, there are sometimes as Christians, and it's true, we go through times where we stray away from the Lord a little bit. And sometimes people use the term, they'll use the phrase saying, you're out of fellowship with God. And that's true in a sense. But I think when it talks about fellowship here, I think it's talking about, in this context, about knowing God in a saving way. We all have ups and downs in our Christian lives. We all sometimes are closer to the Lord and other times farther away from the Lord where our fellowship's not as close. But as Christians, we all do have fellowship with God. Now, here's one of the reasons I say that. If you look in that verse, look at verse, look at verse number 7. It says, but if we walk in the light, as he had in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So this fellowship, it gives us fellowship, is in verse 7, talks about walking in the light. If we have fellowship with God, we're going to walk in the light. Not only that, it says if we're walking in the light, we're going to be cleansed from sin. We're going to have that righteousness that, that God wants us to have in our lives through what Jesus did on the cross. So fellowship here, I believe is talking about knowing God 
in a saving way. Now these things I don't think is, you know, well you have fellowship. Then the next step is you come in and you walk in, you walk in the light. And the next step is you're, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin. I don't think this is a sequence. I think what happens is when we come to know the light, when we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, these things automatically, spontaneously start welling up inside the fellowship, the walking in the light, the, the, the being cleansed from sin all at once. It's kind of like this. I know Mike was talking just a minute ago about the fact of how so much power was out in Longview. And thank the Lord, we just had a little... Hiccup, a couple of hiccups here or there, but we were okay. But a lot of people without, a power, without, without power in Longview this week, and I know how it was. As soon as that power goes out, the fridge goes down, the AC goes down, the television goes down if you're watching it, the lights go off. But listen, they all happen simultaneously. And I, I know how it was. I was sitting at work this week, and some of my coworkers, uh, they were talking about they just got a text that their power's back on. And they were so excited. Yes, the power's back on. And, of course, when that power came back on, the fridge, the lights, the AC, all came on spontaneously at the same time. So once we start this walk and we've trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, spontaneously we see that fellowship come up in our life, that walking in the light come up out of our life, that being cleansed from sin come up out of our life because of the fellowship that we have with, with Jesus Christ. But here's the thing. God says this. If you're saying that you have fellowship with God, but you're walking in the darkness, the Bible tells us there, it says that we lie and do not the truth. You know, we live in a world today where there are a lot of people it's easy to profess Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, some of the things happening in our world is making there's more and more of a price tag to professing that. And we see that in some of the things that's happening in our nation and around the world. But there's a lot of people who profess Jesus Christ as Savior. But if you look at their life, they are walking not in the light, but they are walking in darkness. And that's an important thing that we need to understand. So verse 6 and 7 here in this section is talking more about fellowship and its relationship to walking in the light and being cleansed from sin. Now, what does it mean to walk? And if you look there, I'm going to throw a little bit of a Greek curveball in here. But uh, the word walk in both verses there, walking in darkness in verse 6, walking in the light in verse 7, that word walk comes from the word peripateo in the Greek, which basically it means this. It's talking about how you order your life, how you conduct yourself, how you make your way in this life, how you make your way in this world. So when he says walking, what characterizes your walk? How you conduct yourself, how you order your life, that's what the word peripateo is talking about. It's not talking about just an instance of darkness. Or, you know, because we all fail as Christians sometimes. We all still sin at times. It's not talking about an instant of darkness, but it's talking about someone whose life is continuously characterized by darkness, by that which is opposite of the light, that which is opposite of God's life and God's righteousness. So, a good illustration that I heard of this one time, there's a preacher uh, heard give this illustration, and he said basically it's like walking is like comparing a snapshot to like a video documentary of something, all right? So it's kind of like if someone followed you around all the time with a, with a camera and they caught you at a moment of weakness, caught you doing something that you shouldn't be, 
caught you doing something that's contrary to the Christian, whether it be an, an attitude or an action, and they take click, and they take a picture of you. And then they take that picture and put it on the front page of the news. It says, professing Christian does this. Now let me ask you something. We all know this happens. Is that a fair representation of you as a person? If someone just walks around with a snapshot and catches you just at the wrong moment and takes a picture? Is that what character, is that what, would that be a fair characterization of your life as a Christian? I don't think so. But on the other hand, if someone followed you around with a video camera all day, and yes, they'd catch the things that you did you shouldn't have done, the things you'd done wrong, but if they went back and reviewed that video and said, wow, look at this person. This person loves the Lord. This person walks in darkness. Yes, they stumbled over there a little bit, and yes, they fell over there a little bit, but look, they are walking in the light. So when it's talking about walking, that's what it's talking about. Someone who's in fellowship with God, who knows Christ as their Savior, who has that life inside of them, as, and as they grow, you'll see more and more of them walking in light. And light and God is going to be the characterization of their life. Not perfection, but the overwhelming witness of their life. Of, hey, I can see God working in my life and in, or in that person's life that you're looking at. Now, with understanding that, there are some signs that we have of walking in darkness. And this is another, another illustration that I'd like to give here. is because many years ago, I used to teach a, another class at another place. And this was a special needs class for a particular type of people with a particular type of disability. And these people were blind. We had about 10 or 12 blind uh, people that came to this particular church, and I taught a class for them. And, uh, you know, a lot of times as part of teaching that class, sometimes I'd go visit them or bring them things or try to help them out in different ways. And if you walked into that blind person's house, okay, they would, they would try to act just like everything's normal, like they're just as capable as you are and that type of thing. But you could tell when you walk into their house that this is the home of a blind person. Because maybe there's some things that are disheveled somewhere that they don't even realize are a problem. Or maybe some areas aren't as clean as what we would because they can't see them. They're walking in darkness. And that's a terrible disability to have. And I was glad to say we were able to minister to quite a few of those blind people and see quite a few of them come to Christ in their community there. But listen, they're walking in darkness. They don't real. They can't see, and that's the way it is for a person. Before we know Christ is our Savior, before God starts convicting our hearts, we're like a blind person. We're walking in darkness, and we may not even be able to recognize the things in our lives that that um, that God wants us to take care of. That shouldn't be there. Things we need to we need to, we need to, to work on through His power and His strength to refine in our lives. So listen, walking in darkness. In, in fact, I'm going to tell you this. There's a lot of people. There's, I remember there's one particular gentleman that was part of that class. And this guy was, he had, he had a master's degree in, uh, in the arts. He was a musician, played the piano wonderfully, very talented man. And, and there's a couple occasions I went and visit him. And you'd walk into his house and you wouldn't necessarily know that it was the house of a blind man other than reading materials being around there that were in Braille. Those big Braille books, the dots, you know what I'm talking about. But listen, he did a good job of covering up, covering up the fact that he was blind. And there's a lot of people who, who don't know Christ as their Savior, and they may do a really, really good job of making it look like they're not walking in darkness. But the truth is, there's always going to be a sign there. In fact, let's look at some of those signs of walking in darkness. Turn, if you would, back over to the book of uh, John. And like I said, I want to reference the Gospel of John quite a bit as we go through this class. And uh, <clears throat> John chapter 3, 
And this is right after the famous verse, verse 16, that we all know, John 3, 16. But we're going to look at verse number 19. John 3 and verse number 19. And we're going to look at several things here that characterize that the Lord Jesus gives. And that John, who's also the author of the book of 1 John, gives us here about this thing of walking in darkness. Just like I said, just like those, those, those precious blind people that had the opportunity of, of, of ministering to and teaching there for several years. Uh, you, even though they, were, they walked in darkness, okay? They didn't know. They were blind. So, but just like there were obvious signs that they were blind, there's obvious signs of someone's walking in darkness. But let's see, Romans chapter 3 and verse 19. We reference this verse just a minute ago. Verse 19 says, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, <clears throat> and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So several things we see here. First of all, someone who's walking in darkness, they walk in darkness. It says right there, because, uh, verse number 19, they love darkness. You know, before we come to Christ as our Savior, there's a part of us in our fallen state, apart from God, to where we love darkness. We love having our own way. We love indulging in the pleasures of sin for a season. We love doing that. That's loving darkness, okay? And the second thing, notice there, it says there in verse 19, it says they love darkness rather than light, the last part of verse 19, because their deeds were evil. Now, in the Bible, now we're going to full drawn out discussion of it right now, but in the Bible, although sin and evil are closely related to each other, sin and evil do carry a different idea behind them. Sin is when you just Go do something wrong. But, but this idea of evil talks about when you're conspiring to try to find ways to sin. You're conspiring to try to find ways to go against what God wants us to do. It's kind of like the criminal mastermind who has the intent and purpose of robbing this bank. And he conspires, in evil, conspires all these different things so that he can do it and get away with it. And walk out with the money. But listen... As sinners, even though, and we have to be careful of this as Christians sometimes. Well, sometimes we can get in our life where we have this sin that we're so set on that we'll start conspiring and planning ways around to indulge in this sin without anyone knowing it. A lot of times we do that. And particularly if you're an unsaved person, it's more, there's more of a propensity to that. Because they, we love darkness and we conspire to sin, that evil, we're conspiring to sin to do what's wrong. And not only that, Verse 20 says this, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Hates the light. If we're walking in darkness in some way, shape, or form, we hate the light. You know, it's kind of like when you, some of you, I know your kids, maybe your kids are grown. I still have kids at home. And you know, sometimes your kids will do something, but they won't own up to it. I don't know. No, that's not what happened. But you can dig into it, you find out your kids conspired to do X, Y, or Z, and it's like, oh my goodness. All right? That's the way it is with God. If you're walking in the darkness, hating the light, you don't want your sins to be discovered. You don't want, you, and you don't want, be, want to be around people. You know, I've known people before that, to con, that one illustration of this, in, ver, in back 1 John, it talks about if you're walking in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Someone who's walking in darkness, who's claiming to, be, to know Christ, who, but who's walking in darkness, they don't like to come around church and be around the people of God and hear the preaching of the Word of God. 
And although they may come to church sometimes for ulterior motives, like, well, if I go to church over here, so maybe I'll have an opportunity to expand my business or my influence, or maybe they have all other motives, but deep down they don't like being there because then if I hang around these people and I listen to this preaching, my sin's going to be exposed, and I love my darkness. Loving darkness. And here's the last thing, verse 20. It says it here. It said, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. So someone who's walking in darkness is someone who's rejecting reproof. Now let me go back and just explain this, okay? Just like we talked about walking a minute ago, every one of us as Christians, sometimes we're going to have little bits to where we're in darkness. Not totally apart from God, but we may have times to where we might be loving things that we shouldn't. We might be conspiring to do things that shouldn't. We might be hating, we may, we're not necessarily hating the light, but embracing things that we shouldn't. But it's not going to be the overwhelming characteristic of our life. But for an unsafe person, someone walking in darkness, these things I'm talking about is going to be part of their walk. The way they walk, what they do, their manner of life is walking in darkness. And on the flip side of this, signs of walking in the light are being defined by the light. And I think we can take these verses we just read and just look at the opposite of those things. So if you're walking in the light, what's going to be the characteristic of your life? First of all, you're going to, you're going to hate darkness. You know what? I, I would tell you this sometimes, and, I, and I'm not perfect, as my wife shall tell you. I do things as a Christian sometimes. Maybe I'll speak to a way that I shouldn't, or maybe I'll do something that I shouldn't. And you know what? Here's, a, well, here's, here's the thing that, uh, that I can say this. When I sin. Because I am a Christian, because I'm striving to walk in the light, I hate it. It bothers me. And I think that's a characteristic of a Christian. When you do sin, you hate it. It's like, why did dear God forgive me? Why did I do that? Or, if, you know, if maybe if it's unkind words you say to someone or something you do, it's like, why, why did I do that? Or you think, why did I let that thing become more important to me than God? Why did I do that? I hate it. That's a sign of walking in the light. How about this? Instead of conspiring to sin, conspiring to find ways where to keep from sin. Well, what can I do? What can I do? I know I have a weakness here. What can I do to make sure I don't give in to that? Because I want my life to be a glory to Jesus. I want it to bring glory and honor to His name. What can I do? Conspiring to avoid or withstand temptation and sin. Not only that, but loving the light. Loving the light, loving the light we get from the Word of God, loving the light that we see in our fellow believers as we come to church and we have fellowship with Him. Loving the light that we see as God's working in our life and He's doing things to, to make us more and more like Jesus. Walking in the light. And the last thing is, is embracing reproof. That's one thing that's a characteristic of someone walking in the light. Instead of someone walking in darkness who doesn't want to hear reproof, who doesn't want to be corrected. Someone who's a Christian, like, dear God, correct me. God used people in my life to correct me and to point out in my life where I need to change them. God, work in me. I want to embrace reproof. That's a sign of walking in the light. Now, listen, this is a very important thing. And I'd like, I want to end up here basically with three questions. Three questions in a verse here because we're about out of time. But here's the question I have for you today. Are you sitting here today? And I want to ask you this question. Has the light of God shone into your heart? 
2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Has that light shone into, you, into your heart? Are you a child of the light? Are you a child of God? Have you had a time in your life where you've seen faith and repentance come into your life and you desired in your heart to truly and, 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 and with your heart follow Jesus? Has the light shone in your Are you a child of the light? And here's the second thing. If you are a child of God and you have, God has shined his light into your soul and you have accepted Christ as your Savior, are you walking in the light? Are you, as a Christian right now, are you in a season to where maybe your life right now may be more, more characterized by darkness? Although you've seen God working in your life in, in times past and you've seen Him flourishing and you've seen, you've seen some flourishing and some growth taking place in your life. But right now, child of God, are you walking in the light? Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 10. Here's what it says. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of life. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Is that light showing out of your life? And it talks here specifically about the fruit of the Spirit, which the Bible says there is in goodness and righteousness and truth. Is God bringing goodness and righteousness and truth out of your life as you walk with Him? Are you, if you're a child of God, are you right now walking in the light as you should? And the last question I'd like that, and this is a question for all, these are quite, this is a question for all of us. Are you letting your light shine? I know this is something I need to work at more. Letting your light shine. In a sermon on the mount, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. Now listen to this. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light shine. So shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. So are you letting your light shine? I think as Christians, as God's working, there's probably not a time to where we are 100% letting our light shine that, 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 like we ought to. But are we, are we letting that light shine? Are, letting, are we letting people see the work that God's doing in us? Are we telling people about the work that God can do in them if they would just come and trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior? Are we letting our light shine to other believers and other people that we know who maybe are struggling right now and need a little bit of light to encourage them? Listen, the characteristic of a Christian, if we have fellowship with God, and here's a great thing about it, as we do this, the Bible says, back in 1 John, it says, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. Listen, we need to be letting our light shine. And as we let our light shine, we're going to talk more about this next week, but as we let our light shine, we're going to see God cleansing our lives and, and making us more and more like Jesus as we first make sure we're in, walk, we're in the light. Number two, make sure we're walking in the light. And number three, making sure we let our light shine so that other men can see God working in our lives and glorify Him. All right. Now, next week, we're going to be pulling into, we're going to be talking about the admission. And I was kind of hoping to get to that today, but we won't. We'll save it for next week. But uh, let's go ahead and let's close with a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, 
Lord, we love you, and we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. And Lord, I know for myself I'm grateful. Lord, back as an 11-year-old boy, that you shined your light into my life. And Lord, I know I've had some seasons where darkness has been there. But Lord, you've helped me through those things. And Lord, everything that I have, Lord, is a result of your light working in my life. Lord, we thank you for the work that you've done. And Lord, please help us. I know sometimes we live in this world and there's so many, so many obstacles and so many circumstances that Lord want to Lord kind of put a shadow on the light in our lives. But Lord, help us to let our light shine. Lord, help us to be more like you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.